The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now I'm joined by an Irishman abroad. <laughs> And he's not abroad at all. He's here. <laughs> he is known for his famous podcast, The Irish Man Abroad. Jarlath Regan, good morning and welcome. Fantastic to be here, Pat. Thanks for having me on. Now, you have been abroad, literally, yeah. for many of the last decade of St. Patrick's ten, days. Ten years. Some yeah. of them, of course, you were locked up in the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what's the difference when you're now that you're home? Oh, God, it's night and day. Pat, to be totally honest, we always we always looked at it from afar and thought, geez, people back home don't really appreciate this celebration as you attempted to kind of force it on your friends in Britain that this is a thing that we celebrate. So to be here amidst the green and all of the stuff that I'm sure everyone's worn out by, it's pretty special. Our son's first one ever. On this yeah. island. How old is he? He is 12. So he is fully invested and on board today. He's in, in green in his school in Curraha. So big shout out to Mikey. Yeah. Now, I can imagine you in the UK trying to get your friends and neighbours and uh, even the school maybe to get involved in St. Patrick's Day. It's all very well having St. Patrick's Day as we do this year on a Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Try it on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, well, my wife taught in my son's school. So she was central in trying to get it represented as part of the calendar there. And it was strange to meet pushback on that. And she will fully admit that there was pushback. Well, why do we have to celebrate this? They aren't even clear that there is a St. Patrick. They think that that's just a funny thing that you're calling Irish Day St. Paddy's Day. So she... Because they used to call uh, all Irish people Paddy's. Paddy's. Exactly, yeah. So there's, there's obviously a huge, as we know, cultural blind spot over there, which beautifully is an open door when pushed because one in three British people have some form of Irish heritage and one in three of them have attempted to get an Irish passport as a result in the last couple of years. But but in in that school, would they ever have celebrated St. George's Day or St. David's Day? They'd be acknowledged. They would definitely be talked about. Uh, Oh, they'd say today is St. David's Day if you're Welsh or St. George's Day if you're English. Exactly. And, you know, it was troubling for the first couple of years over there to send him in and I'm sure there's plenty of parents abroad who will know what this is like to send him in with his bit of shamrock on his chest with the couple of Irish things the tin whistle in the bag and have him return home to school from school and say that they didn't get taken out and it didn't get spoken about that is tough and I think mm. that sometimes when you're at home here in Ireland and you're going oh god I roll another another parade maybe keep in mind exactly how much those people that are abroad would desperately love to have that for themselves. Yeah. Uh, So when we send our politicians and all the other great and the good around the world, um, you think there is a point to all of that? A hundred percent. I mean, we are talking about a very unique country and I know that we love to give ourselves the clap on the back and tell us about how great we are and do you love visiting Ireland? But the fact is the impact the country has had around the world is huge. And when you go to these places, you realise that the roots are deep and that the history and culture and DNA of the people that left all those years ago is still prominent. And still, when we attempt to celebrate it, they are up for it. Yeah. And the question of pushing open doors or doors that are half open. I mean, you go to wherever the country is. It might be Malaysia. It might be Australia, New Zealand. uh, It might be you know, Sierra Leone, who knows? Mm -hmm. But 
there is an awareness for however it has been achieved that that day, 17th of March, is a significant day for Ireland. And if you want to meet the Prime Minister, you'll probably ma- manage to do so on that day. <laughs> like, I think that in itself is some of the extraordinary beauty of St. Patrick's Day. The fact that there is an Ireland Day celebrated around the world. And the fact that it's celebrated in Britain, a country with such a past and connection to us and so much violence and bloodshed between us. The fact that they hand over London to us for a day. I mean, I hosted this event for many years in Trafalgar Square, where they hand over Trafalgar Square to the Irish, allow us to march through the streets, to paint the town green. And you see from every corner of the British Isles, the dance groups, the musical groups, the various different spoken word groups that are part of their being, their culture, their history now in one place and thousands of people coming out to celebrate it, whether they have a connection or not to the country. Yeah, I, I suppose when we look at uh, the the famous uh, carnival that they have every year in, where is it, in Brixton or, mm. you know, they they do that kind of thing. Well, they're very tolerant, aren't they? Well, yeah, and it's, it's much more so the, like tolerant is such a funny word for it, isn't it? Because it is... Uh, a city that isn't putting up with this for the day. Like, I found it really extraordinary to see how many British people, once they're aware of what the day is and what it is that's being celebrated, how on board they are for it. Now, obviously, it does become toxic. There are issues around how it's celebrated, but very close to the surface, underneath the Guinness level, is something really extraordinary about the impact that this tiny island has had everywhere you go. I'm sure the experience today of, uh, you know, a younger, uh, what do they call it, the Gen Z generation that go off and they're all uh, technically qualified and they're accountants and they're all sorts of things. Their experience of the 17th of March, very different to the experience, say, in the 1950s or 60s in Camden Town. This is this is really true. And that's another aspect of the celebration. I know my own uh, father and mother-in-law had the experience of going to London and not feeling supremely welcome and certainly being told to leave places that they'd booked into and once they found out that they were Irish they were asked to leave. That is their lived experience. So to me Pat some of the celebration and definitely I'm sure the Gen Zers may need to be reminded of this that it's not just no blacks, no dogs, no Irish as a t-shirt it's an actual lived experience that was the way for so long and is Mm. no longer the way now. Now you mentioned the um, exuberance shall we say of some of the celebrations Um, how much was alcohol part of uh, Trafalgar Square and what happened thereafter? Well, as as you know over there, the, the policing is pretty straight and blunt. Uh, yeah, but the, often on a summer's evening in London, you know, midsummer, and London is significantly hotter yeah. than Dublin is in midsummer. Mm. You'd see them gathered outside uh, the, the pubs in the centre of London, you know, quaff and pints, mm. uh, you know, without being hassled by the cops. Yeah, and, and really there was not much difference. Like, let's, let's be honest, it, Trafalgar Square, it, sure, there were there were drunken people, but there's drunken people in Trafalgar Square every weekend of the week. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's not massively different. To me, the the most joyous one and the one that really sticks out in my memory was, of course, as you said, the one that we weren't allowed to go to Trafalgar Square, the one where we were forced to do the parade down our own street. And you just saw how welcome British people were. OK, so you had your own little st- street <laughs> street event. parade. Yeah, tin whistles and yeah. violins appeared and suddenly this thing was happening despite the virus. Now, your son has been away for much, for virtually all of his life. Nearly all his life. Ten, ten years on St. Patrick's Day, we left 
for uh, Britain. And, and he was what, two? He was two years old, barely two years old. And uh, now he's here to experience it for the yeah. first time. I'm just the... wondering, you know, he probably sounds like a Londoner, does he? Well, you know what? That's so funny that, the, that you say that, because that's always the question when you're away. Does he have an English accent? And I often took offence to it. I was often like, so what if he does? I mean, that's his. He's an Irishman abroad. Uh, and then you come home and you do realise that he does get a certain amount of stick over whatever plummy notes there are in his voice. What's so funny today, <laughs> yesterday evening, he's gaming online with his British friends and they say, Mikey, I'm very sorry. I hope this doesn't cause any offence. But you sound an awful lot more Irish than you did when you lived here. <laughs> and he said, no offence to you, lads, but you sound an awful lot more English to me. So how are you going to spend the day? Well, Pat, I've obviously got a big announcement. I am the new host of The Late Late Show. That's I, why I'm I'm glad here. you broke that news with us. <laughs> I've got an awful lot of things to do in the meantime. Shout out to RTE for uh, not announcing it on your socials just yet, but we'll get to that in time. I am going into the city. I'm taking I'm taking my son to a brilliant food fair called Mialed Flower, which is taking place. Yeah, we the... talked to the, uh, the organiser of that. It's in the old fruit and veg market. That's right. And I cannot wait to take him over there and just give him that proper, literal and figurative taste of Dublin on the day. Yeah, and the parade? Of course, yeah, wouldn't miss it. I mean, yeah, I hope he's tall because uh, my abiding memory of the St. Patrick's Day parades as a kid was standing there looking at people's <laughs> elbows and shoulders and not being able to yeah. see over the crowd, I may which was a, seven deep. I may have a few compressed vertebrae at the end of it with the yeah. uh, shoulders that I'll be carrying them on. I remember I tried to make one of these uh, periscope type things using two <laughs> mirrors and a piece of cardboard no. to try and see over the crowd. Not very successful, but anyway, the, I was I was a prodigious child. <laughs> Jarl, look, thank you thank very you much so for much joining time. us. Uh, Jarl Regan, famous for his Irishman Abroad podcast. Is, does that continue? It is, of course. With Steve Coogan was uh, our most recent guest and I'm also on tour. I'll be in the Everyman Theatre in Cork on May 12th. I'm in Dundrum Theatre, the Mill this weekend and I'll be in the Town Hall Theatre Galway on May 25th. Now, most of these shows are sold out, but there are some left for Cork, Galway and Thurles. Very good. I wish you well for all of that, uh, Jarleth Regan. Now, uh, Jarleth's not the only person entering the island for this St. Patrick's Day. Uh, Josh Crosby asked uh, those who've travelled from the United States what their plans are while visiting the Emerald Isle. Bigsby, Oklahoma. My daughter is performing in the St. Patrick's Day Parade with all of like 300 kids in her band. And so we decided we'd travel early. We have some family in England, so we went by there and we went to Paris for my 40th birthday. And then we came here, kicked our daughter out with all the kids and have our own place, not chaperoning this time. And what band is she in her the pageant uh, team? Uh, Pride of Bigsby. And she does the marching. And is there an Irish connection in the family already? No, no, okay. not us. <laughs> so we are starting it now We're this excited, week. yeah. It's been fun. Everyone's very friendly here, which is different than some places. My daughter's most concerned about beer spilling on her flag. <laughs> She's very concerned. We traveled from New Jersey. My birthday is St. Patrick's Day, so we're celebrating my birthday. You've doubled celebrations. Yes, isn't that fun? And what are the plans for the day? How will you celebrate it? We've already planned the Guinness tour, the Cliffs of Moor, uh, pub crawl, so we're doing a few of those things. My son lives in Dublin. The main thing is to come here, but uh, I went to Munich, Germany, took the train to Paris, met him in Paris, and we took the Eurostar to London. And then we came back here this week and I'm going to stay with him for a week. Then we're going to travel around okay. for two weeks around Ireland. So you've been all around Europe. What's been the highlight so far? I think Paris because it's different. How does Dublin compare to Paris? 
Paris is just different. I like Dublin better. And you're from Boston. There's a big Irish community in Boston. Uh, well, yeah, it's less than it used to be. And that didn't turn you off coming here in any way? No, no, I've been here before. So Connecticut for me, and then he's originally from Florida and Puerto Rico. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a bit sunnier in Florida than it is here. Yeah. Well, definitely, yeah. A it's lot. taking a little bit uh, getting used to it with the weather, but it's not too bad. I've got a scarf and a hat now, so I'll be okay. Yeah. And what are your plans now over the next few days? Will you travel around Ireland, or how will you celebrate St. Patrick's Day? You know, going around, we saw a lot of museums so far, um, so that was really cool, just trying to get a sense of this heritage, because there's a lot of history here. We've really enjoyed that so far. Going into the holiday weekend, we're probably going to be drinking. But <laughs> a few tipples along the way. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. We were going to the Guinness factory, so yeah, we're, we're actually on our way there uh, right yeah, now. We yeah. like Guinness a lot. We're going to do that. We're going to do the Jameson tour. Yes. Uh, we've already seen four museums. And has anything surprised you about Ireland? Have you found it expensive? Um, no, I think I, what I think I like the most though is how nice the people are. I'm not going to say in contrast to maybe where else I've been in uh, in Europe so far, but I think so far the Irish have been the most nice and the most welcoming, I guess. Well, um, we're from Florida in the States. Okay. Did you decide to come now this week in March because of the day? Absolutely. I planned this trip out like six months ago. Yeah. Well, what are you most looking forward to doing now over the next few days? Uh, just experiencing the architecture and the history. Honestly, I'm a historian and archaeologist, so I, I really enjoy just looking at the city. But of course, you know, getting a little boozy on St. Patrick's Day. You'll be soaking be in the culture <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. And definitely Irish music. We got some last night and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Did it live up to your expectations? Yes. Everything I dreamed of is perfect. <laughs> oh, that's good news from those American visitors from the United States who were talking to Josh Crosby. Now, a text here from Peter in Dublin. He says, with respect, Ireland is a small country, but not a tiny island. Ireland's eye is a tiny island, and so are Guernsey and Jersey. Ireland, however, is a sizable island and a small country that has made a huge and positive impact on the world in general. And yes, when you look at the map and you see the size of uh, the island that is Britain and the size of the island that is Ireland, and bearing in mind between North and South, we have, what, almost 7 million people here and 10 times that over there. Uh, we are an underpopulated, you know, good good size island. That's, I suppose, uh, what we are. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.